Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be. Oh, welcome back to another episode of the Cobra Cast around the US AFL series. Um, mate, we, uh, it's time to steady the ship. We've been Houston to Hawaii. Now we need to get back to the mainland, mate. We're, surely we're going to the, the West Coast now. Mate, Wisconsin, mate. We're going, to, going out to, towards Milwaukee. Wisconsin, mate. What's, what's, what's that? We've got, we got Seattle on the West Coast. We've got OC to go to, mate. Why are we going all the way over to bloody all the others way to the other side of the bloody country to go to Wisconsin? Wait, Wisconsin, the other side of the country? Oh, fuck. All right. Is it, isn't it Wisconsin? Mate, isn't, like, isn't it Wisconsin? Like, no, no, no. Isn't Wisconsin where Seattle is? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, mate. Wait, I've got bloody Dicko trying to join this what, chat here. What Dicko want, mate? What the hell is going on here? Dicko? Get the cheese heads. Let's go. We're going to Lambo. Let's go, boys. What the fuck are you doing, mate? Boys, I heard we're going to Wisconsin. We're going to Title Town, the home of the Green Bay Packers, boys, the greatest football team on earth. Let's go. Um, Mate, you've stitched me up here, haven't you? You've stitched me up at Dog What's going uh, on here? Why, why the hell would I want a Green Bay Packer fan on our trip with us? You, what, you don't want to come to Title Town? Mate, there's only, one, there's only one Title Town, mate, and that's in Massachusetts, so... Mate, please. We won Super Bowl one. We won Super Bowl two. We're the greatest franchise in the history of Gridiron. There's a reason we're going there. There's and a reason have... we skipped the West Coast, and we're going to Title Town. Jeez, and you had an issue with me stuffing up the... Uh... Booking of this trip, we've now got this Muppet trying to come with us. Oh, Jesus. Muppet? Muppet? All right. If... All right, mate. Just, we'll just come and... fill me in. Where the hell bloody hell are we going in Wisconsin? Now? All right, mate. We're going to Madison. It's actually the capital of uh, the state of Wisconsin, located in the center of the Dane country. All right. And um, how bloody far? How long am I going to be stuck on a plane with this guy? Well, if we're going with him straight from Melbourne, it would be, uh, you know, just under 20 hours and it's over just over 15 point well fuck, what is it 15 and a half thousand kilometers it'll be a good flight though rifty don't worry don't worry on the flight over we'll have time we'll go through year by year green bay packers history say about our best players our best games it'll be a fantastic flight boys uh, I, I, why did you let him in <laughs> we're gonna have to cut him off if he keeps this up. Yeah. but all right madison covers 
It covers 220, uh, 262 square Ks, has only a population just under 260,000. And I think Dicko's going to make one more. We'll be bloody leaving him there if he gets on this flight, that's for sure. Look, look, look. the population of Wisconsin is one. There's only one that matters. Right, move it on, move it on, yeah, yeah. Ed Dog. Move, yeah, okay. uh, move it on. So Madison oh, is also on. the home of... Uh, I've got to mute him. I've got to mute him. So uh, anyway, Madison is the home of the only one real football team in Wisconsin. The University of Wisconsin, the mighty Badgers, mate. They're my team. All right. And one of the foods you must try is, is in Madison is sweet potato oatmeal pancakes. Can you and just keep him muted, mate? This is fantastic. It's nice yeah, and peaceful yeah. here. Wisconsin is famous for college sports, as you said. A day out of uh, football of the University of Wisconsin has been voted the best match day atmosphere in US college sport. Better than that rubbish Green Bay is putting up. Yeah, that's it, mate. So I just want to point out that uh, I actually don't have a Milwaukee or a Wisconsin hat, which I mean, you know, show my hat collection. So I thought I'd pull out the, uh, the Bucks jersey for this little intro, but uh, much better than that Green Bay thing he's got on. Anyway, the famous people born in Madison uh, include Chris Farley, George Kittle and Brother Ali. Oh, right. Where is Madison, mate? Because I know that you're pretty excited about this one. Oh, it's, he's about an hour and 20 minutes from Milwaukee, the home of the one and only Fonz. You know, my good mate, hey. Fonzarelli. Hey. <laughs> but, um, and, Yo. I'm glad you brought up the Bucks there because uh, Aaron Rodgers is part owner of the Bucks. The oh, great shit. man. All right. Yes, oh, Aaron, the greatest player of all time, owns part of those bucks, mate. What's going on? What's what's going on there? Uh, stitch the bucks now. That's it. All right. Yeah, yeah. we're good to go. All right. Which, uh, we're which going which to Madison anyway, mate. It's, yeah. There's there's already another team in Milwaukee, so we don't give a shit about them. We spoke to the Wisconsin Wombats, and they're based in Madison, so we're not worried about no. Milwaukee, and we're not worried about no Green Bay. That's for damn sure. So can we like literally just not let him come with us, please? Because that's it's it's gonna be painful, man. Yeah. Well, actually, hold on. It jokes on him. We're all over in America. He's in Australia. Well, I was going to say it would take him longer to get to Wisconsin than we will, but with my navigating, he could beat us there. There's a fair chance. Yeah. I thought I was only here because we're all going to Wisconsin together to see the pack. Oh, sorry, mate. We are. Uh... Maybe next trip you'll uh, you'll you'll be able to catch a flight over and, and meet us in Wisconsin. But um, if you want, you can meet us in um, oh, probably Atlanta. That's where we'll be headed next, won't it? Surely we'll, yeah, we'll go I think down, so. Yeah. We'll go down to Atlanta from Wisconsin. Surely. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't have the map in front of me, so I'd assume that would be correct. Yeah. Where's the Super Bowl this year? I'll meet you boys there to see the Packers. <sighs> <laughs> Mate, they've got to get through Dak Prescott first, buddy. <laughs> All right, enjoy the episode. We'll see you on the next one. See you there, boys. <laughs> All right, today we are joined by Eric Munro, all the way from Wisconsin. Uh, he's from the Wisconsin Wombats. How are you going, mate? Today, thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, it. No, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's glad we were able to work out the times in the end and get there, but it's good to have you on, and we're keen to learn Hello, a bit about that. The Wombats. Um, so when and how were the Wisconsin Wombats founded and why did you choose the Wombats as your mascot? Um, yeah, so they were founded back in 2016. Um, I actually joined up probably a month after they started. Um, it was two American players, Nafla and Pony. 
Um, they were actually, I think they met on the plane to Melbourne for the International Cup. Do you guys know like the International Cup? Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's that tournament that's, you know, it's amateur teams from all over the world that come to Melbourne every three years to play. We will point out though, we, we did sort of know about it, but now that we've spoken to so many clubs, we know so much more about it and we are starting to get a little bit annoyed or shitty, you may say, that doesn't get as much attention as we now think that it should, especially in Australian media when it happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously like the quality of play is not going to be as high as, you know, city or state league teams in Australia. But like, you know, you got people coming from Sweden and like Papua New Guinea and things to play in Melbourne, which is pretty freaking cool. And I think that like media definitely should cover it. Yeah, we've already spoke about this that uh, I think they've rescheduled it to 2021 up on the Sunshine Coast. And we thought it was in Melbourne and then we found it was in the Sunshine Coast and we're still trying to work out ways that we can uh, leave our footy club for a week and head up there to watch it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> Spend a week on the beach with the boys. That's uh, definitely worth the trip. Um, yeah, so they, they were coming back from that. And I don't know. I think Pony was moving to Madison. And I believe Nafla already lived here, but they were playing for different teams and they just happened to strike up a conversation like we're going to be living in Madison together and uh, started up this team. And I had actually, so I studied abroad in Melbourne, uh, 2015. I studied in uh, Monashini, which I think is actually like the next suburb over from you guys. Yep. Um, uh, Not far from us at all. Yeah. And uh, so I, I learned about the game there. And I went to a few AFL games and just watched it with like guys in the dorms and stuff and just really like fell in love with the game. I mean, it's so, it's so fast and just it has, it has everything that I love in a sport with all the scoring and all the hitting and everything like that. Um, and then when I came back to the U S um, I had a friend that was just friends with our friend group, just coincidentally from Adelaide. Um, and he had heard about this, this team that was starting in Madison. And so we just, you know, we went out to like one of the first trainings together and it was, 12 people kicking around in a park and I had barely even touched a footy before. Um, but it kind of grew from there. Uh, a lot of the guys would go and join up with like the Chicago Swans or uh, Minnesota and just get games in that way because obviously we didn't have enough guys to play games by ourselves. Um, but when the, when the team actually started, it, we, it was called uh, the Wisconsin Indomitable Warriors which is a mouthful and nobody's going to remember that. Um, so after uh, Pony left, we ended up having a vote because people kind of secretly really didn't like the name when he was there, but um, didn't want to hurt his feelings and didn't want to uh, not give him credit for starting this team. So we had a vote um, and it was between a few different names. We kind of settled on Wombats. It was a good, it was a unique name that wasn't already an AFL team and thought it fit our club. They're very nice. It's something we, we've enjoyed talking to other clubs around the world and we enjoy the ones that adopt, you know, something that's still Aussie, but, uh, you know, not just the standard Eagle or Tiger and, and all those sorts of names. So, yeah, for sure. And, I like, and when I hear a team that starts and it's like the Saints again, and I'm like, I mean, and they have the same jumpers and everything. It's just like, come on, man. Like, think of something that's either unique to your city or just like something cool, you know? Yeah, and everyone can relate to a wombat. They're slow, lazy animals, but they're hard, hard and tough. So yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> That's definitely us. Yeah. I um, actually I asked you guys where the name cobras came from. Like, it, it kind of almost sounds like 
the evil team that you play in like an 80s movie or something like you've got to play the characters, you know? <laughs> that's that's probably something we have to look into because yeah. um, we were the kangaroos back in the day like when they first started so well the things we do know about our club is that it started off as um the senior team in Sandown, and then through the uh, through the history, they merged with the junior club from South Waverley. So that's how they got the colours red, white, and blue. But how they got to Cobras, I'm actually not too sure. Oh, yeah. So that's yes. badass. Well, there we go. We've got to do our research, mate. We're we're lacking on our own club history there. Um, but so, when was your first actual game as the Wombats, and how many players did you have then? Yeah, I mean, so like like I said generally it would be like three or four of us would go team up with another team just to get games in originally. Um, and then we started going to, there's this tournament in Des Moines, Iowa, which is about a five hour drive from Madison. Um, we started going there every year. Um, this is actually the first year it didn't happen. Usually it's like the first tournament of the year in mid Bay sometime. And it's like a 10 aside tournament. So you don't really have to commit as many guys you play on a rugby pitch. Um, and it's just a good way to like start the year off. You know, you get, seven or eight teams in and like get a good amount of games in and then get good social atmosphere going. Um, so I think the first official game as the Wombats, um, we brought probably seven or eight guys to that and then had like three or four to fill in um, and played in that tournament. And we actually didn't even have jumpers at that point. We had them ordered, but we had to borrow uh, Chicago Swans, their practice jumpers, which were like probably – half a centimeter thick and smelled and some guys got like rashes on their shoulders from them. It was really <laughs> gross. Um, they were heavy as shit too. And it was probably a hundred degrees Fahrenheit when we were playing. Um, but That's it. yeah, we actually, I think we played two games that tournament and we got beat pretty badly in the first one, but I think we only lost the second one by like two points or something. So it was actually like a pretty good showing. Um, Speaking of your jumper, actually, like, as we've said, it's your name's unique and it means you're not going to have the same jumper as your Saints or a Magpies. Your jumper is yeah. quite unique. How did you guys come to that design, design and choose it? Um, and that was definitely... Well, actually, sorry. And the colours. Sorry, was that? And the colours as well. Okay, yeah, the colours, um, definitely black. Uh, Nafla, the, one of the two founding members, she was... She... Um, she wears long sleeves and long pants and always wears black. And it's just kind of like, it's just a really strong presence. So we definitely wanted to have that as sort of one of our primary colors. And then um, the university in town is red. So we, we thought that, that that fit well with just like the Madison feel. Um, and then the jumpers, I, I actually designed those when I was supposed to be working on schoolwork. Um, I just, <laughs> I spent, I spent an actually ungodly amount of time. I think I put, I think I put together like 30 different kits um, and sent them over to Nafla to, to, to look over and see which one she liked. Uh, because I, I really like, I think uniform design and like flag design and things have always been something that I really enjoy. And I, I hate when, when teams have poorly designed uniforms. I think there's a lot of, they just slap a cool like animal on the front and think that it's just going to carry, but it almost just looks like a practice jumper. So I kind of wanted the, the jumpers to have the feel of an AFL jumper, but something different than a sash or just stripes down the front. Um, and I thought the W's kind of looked, it had like sort of a striped feel, but it also had the, the alliterative WW. Yeah, it's really cool. So, so you designed the jumpers and yeah. only 
a couple of days ago, you guys actually released your first actual club theme song, which yeah. from what I've seen was um, also done by a player or someone involved within the club. Um, I actually made Rifty listen to it last night before we jumped off our chat. Um, how, did, how did that song come about and like how much time went into that bloke making it? Um, yeah, so he's actually, um, he's kind of the official musician of our team. He has a, a, a local band that we've gone to see, you know, a few different times, um, house parties, gigs, and stuff like that. Um, and I think he put 10 to 15 hours into the song. I mean, he's been at home just recording it himself. And then he said, like, the audio wasn't great at home, so he had to go to their band's studio space. And I think he had a drummer come with him and even, like, give backing tracks and stuff. And he did a bunch of research uh the, the the sort of polka feel of the song is very indicative of like classic Wisconsin Polish German culture. Um, there's actually a little nod to the uh, the fight song of of the University Wisconsin Badgers, like the the car and the wombats, car and the wombats part is actually uh, it's a rhythm from on Wisconsin. Um, so I think it, it's it's a unique song. It kind of fits like who we are as a team, but it also gives nods to to Madison and, and the surrounding area too. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, when I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, this is the coolest song. And then all of a sudden you're talking about buying the beers and going to the pub. And I'm just like, yeah, this is a song for me. <laughs> yeah, we are bopping along to it last night listening to it. It wouldn't be an honest song if we didn't talk about that for sure. I mean, like, Yeah, because like, a lot of songs are all about, you know, how serious they take it and this and that. And then you yeah. blokes are like, yeah, we're serious, but hey, we'll buy the beers afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And that's, I mean, honestly, I think that speaks to what the USAFL is. I mean, because it's, none of us are getting paid for it. Everybody's working a full-time job and everybody's like going out of their way to come play these games and things. So like when you put in all that time to drive halfway across the country to play a game, you obviously are going to stick around. You're going to be social. You're going to get around the boys and stuff afterwards. It's, it's a it's a really good time. And I really enjoy this league. I know you've talked to, you said like, you know, six other USAFL clubs or something like that. Yeah, something around that number. Not 100% sure, actually. It's like that. But um, I know exactly what you're thinking, Rifty. You're worried what I'm going to say because he's mentioned about player payments. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and not say anything. So move along. No, no, it's all good. Uh, well, hopefully we'll, we'll get to see a video of you guys at some point singing the song after. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We um, had a... I definitely look forward to that. We'll make sure we share on our, our socials just to, just to see the excitement of, you know, teams that win and get to sing their songs exciting enough, let alone when it's going to be the first time after when you get to actually sing your own song that you've own people at your club's created. It's fantastic. Yeah. It was a bit of an embarrassment actually last year. We, we won our, we won our first game as a standalone club. We had like all guys we brought from Madison, you know, we had, we had won a game or two before that. Um, but it had been like, it's a combined unit. Um, and so we actually brought guys from Madison out to Des Moines and actually won a game and we're all sitting around like, like, this is crazy. We won finally. And then like, uh, we have nothing to sing. <laughs> we just kind of hummed along to, to on Wisconsin a little bit, but I think now that we have a song, we've all got it. We're all running the lines in our head and things and, and ready for the day that we're going to, we're going to win with that one. Yeah. Awesome. So um, you said it, you know, you're sort of joining other teams and, and getting, you know, players from other teams and stuff. How hard is it to get players and how many players do you currently have? We currently have, you know, if you, if you take the official roster and, and add up all the people that are, have been involved off and on, I'd say it'd be, it'd be probably about 20. Um, but the number of, the number of guys that are really committed and showing up to every training, I'd say probably around 10. 
Um, Sounds familiar. <laughs> it's, it's a worldwide thing, that. Yeah. We, but, always, uh, we always thought it was just, you know, maybe our club and a few other clubs within Australia. But no, nah, it's a worldwide thing. People want to play but don't want to train. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's actually, you know, being a university town, um, we always, it's kind of been cyclical in, in how we can get guys. Uh, you know, we'll have people show up for one or two trainings, but, you know, you, you make an effort and you get four guys out, but then they show up and it's, you know, five dudes kicking a ball around in a park. They're, they're less inclined to stay. But um, I think we've been making good headway in the last year or so, um, doing more social events and things. And we actually had really good momentum coming into this year and the pandemic kind of shut that whole, whole thing down, um, which is unfortunate. You just mentioned doing social events. What other social stuff that you guys get up to? Um, yeah, we have, uh, we generally try to do cookouts after practice, you know, as much as we can. Um, it, it started out, it started out uh, when we started kicking in, in the park, right when the club started, we would cook out at, at Pony's house after every training. And that was, that was a really big reason why I stuck around because it was just like, you know, it wasn't just coming up to train and stuff like that. You actually stuck around and, and had a bit of the social aspect too. Um, so we've been trying to host cookouts here probably two or three times a month. Um, we did a ski trip last winter. We've been trying to make it kind of an all around all year long uh, social club as well. So we've done a ski trip, like I said, ice skating. Uh, we did a canoe trip last year. A few of us went down Wisconsin River, almost got flooded out, which was a good time. Um, our, our president, who's my partner, actually, uh, she had a bunch of things set up for this year, too. We were going to be in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in town. Um, we ordered a big flag and everything. Um, we're going to carry that. Uh, and we had one other thing. So we had, a, we had a bunch of stuff lined up that ended up getting canceled this year, but we're still trying to get together and hang out. Um, the, the president and our coach is actually over right now too. So we have a couple of beers after this one's done. Um, I'll tell you what, Ruth, we're going to nearly lift our game, mate. We're speaking to Hawaii. You have a beer after training by the beach. Got these guys that have cookouts after every training. Right, we're going to really need to lift our game. If we want to, I'm going to cut that part out so I close down here. I'm actually starting to feel like we need to stop asking these questions because, as I said, all our guests we have on, we're going to lose players because they're going to be going, I want to go overseas and you know, go enjoy their social life. Well, I mean, please, please send Australian guns over to play with us. We definitely need it. <laughs> what was the well, other one? So it was Ireland that had the brunch? Was that them? No, nah, Abu Dhabi has a day-long day long they call it brunch but it starts at 11 o'clock and it's all you can eat and all you can drink all day pretty much so yeah if you're over like in the, if you, for sure. yeah if you're in the middle east at any point you might want to go check out the uh abu dhabi team and, and have a kick and a brunch with them in in that order too please <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but you probably have our captain he'll probably want to jump over to wisconsin and and uh, come play with you boys uh, well, yeah, if he absolutely. if he wasn't uh, becoming a father soon, he probably would have headed over and and had a few beers and and maybe a kick with you guys because he's a uh, mad Green Bay supporter. So I'm sorry. Do you yeah, actually do you actually think that Jen having a child would stop him from going over there? Well, you know, probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. He'd still go. Um, Child's but yeah. Scary, right? 
yeah. we'll send our, uh, our superstar runner across with, with him as well. He's a great, big Green Bay fan. Have you all had any Americans come over and play with you guys or like any foreigners come like just on like a temporary visa or something? No, nah, no, we've had a couple of guys um, that just uh, were sort of friends of somebody that were over, you know, from overseas and have come down for a kick. Um, but we have never had anyone officially come over and do anything like that. Um, like we've sort of said, we're, we're learning that there's different places in the world that actually have so much footy going on that we sort of didn't realise. So, yeah, yeah, hopefully it's something we could organise in the future. And especially knowing that, uh, you know, the students over in Monash that has fallen in love with the game. uh, Sure. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of international students there that would love to just, you know, you know, put in the word and say, Hey, in a couple of years, when you graduate, come over and live for a year and, and train and play with us. I, the last time I was in Melbourne, I spoke with a couple of Americans. I actually, we kicked the ball around a little bit and ended up playing like a, it, a bunch of people got together and ended up being an 18 aside game, which was unreal. Um, we played in that, that park in Richmond, like, like right by the MCG. Oh, yeah. Um, right over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a couple of the guys were saying they played in sort of like the peripheral, uh, leagues right around Melbourne and, and teams would have like thousands of people show up for games and things like that. I mean, is, is your club anything like that or is it one of the, no. one of the, yeah. unfortunately not. No, we are one of the uh, smallest teams probably in, in our league. Um, oh. And our mainly, league, mainly based on our like where where we are based. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's leagues that have a much bigger following, a lot more money in it. They have you know clubs that are joined with um, you know venues and things, so they have their ground next to a you know a, a sports bar and things like that. So they they're well financed and supported, and they're the sort of clubs that get the big crowds and things like that. So all so, the country leagues. Yeah, and the country leagues get you know their whole sort of town behind it so we're unfortunately in a bit of a you know uh highly populated area of football teams with a population that's starting to grow into a a non-football community so uh makes it quite difficult i mean i i definitely understand being the small team that doesn't get quite the the turnout of the supporters so i'm right there with you for sure yeah, but we're passionate, and that's we make up for it in passion. And uh, yeah, but um, speaking about sort of training and playing stuff, where where do you guys get to train and actually play your games? Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool because because honestly, because we're so small and not really recognized, we kind of just get to train and, and show up. Hopefully, they don't they don't see this and make us start paying for it. But uh, uh, there's a few local parks in town that we've trained at, but we've kind of settled on. Tuesday nights we play at the university rugby fields, which are actually right by um, where I live. It's super convenient. I can just walk over there um, and we have goals to kick on and everything like that. And then Thursday nights we play over at this park that's right in the lake and they have like a beer garden there. So it's really awesome. The guys can, uh, we can show up to the beer garden and have a couple, tie, tie a couple on after practice, which is awesome. Um, I think that was probably the best decision our club's ever made was to move training over there. Um, sunsets and music and beers about the lake has been it's been fantastic. See again, yeah. again. <laughs> um, well, we we often uh, we have a couple sponsor bars near us that are not too yeah. far, and if if it's looking like we're not going to have you know 
10 or more trained. The boys are usually quick to say, oh, so we're hitting the bar then instead. And no, nah, we're still getting out and training boys, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you definitely got to put in the work first. You got you to earn it, definitely. Um, and you, uh, so actually we've hosted a couple games in Madison as well. And the parks that we train at aren't big enough to, to really host a full size field. I mean, the field is just ridiculous for this game, 180 meters or whatever. Um, so there's actually one park that we've worked out within Madison that can actually work. And it, it, it always works by us moving soccer goals out of the way and kind of playing. There's like a little bit of a baseball diamond that enters the field and, the one set of goals is right up against a pine tree and things like that. But we actually get, I think, a 165 meter field, which is, is pretty sick. It's a lot better than a lot of places around the world that have to play on a little rugby field or a soccer pitch. Um, so good training and playing. How hard is it for you guys to get like training gear and playing gear? Um, it's actually been super easy. Uh, so, I mean, everybody owns their own, you know, cleats and socks and like personal equipment, obviously. Um, we, had an international bar originally to give us a little bit of money so we could uh, they kind of paid for half our jumpers so we have a set of team jumpers that they um, gave us some money for which is really nice and then a couple of us own our own jumpers and then just other teams around the area Chicago Milwaukee um, especially have donated um, some some practice jumpers for us to use and some balls and, and cones and practice balls and things like that um, the teams have been really supportive and, and helpful with getting smaller clubs going for sure. Um, my friend from Adelaide actually ended up moving back home a couple of years ago and his team, Smosh Lions, donated. They were getting, they were upgrading their jumpers and so they donated all their old jumpers. Um, so we have those to use for like Metro games and trainings and stuff like that. Uh, it's awesome to hear how much like clubs within America help other clubs out when they're just getting started instead of, like turning their nose up at them and be like, no, no, you're in our like sort of near us. We're not going to look after you. We want everyone to come to us. Um, but with that, so speaking like the clubs that you've spoken about, because there is, you are in an area with uh, clubs not too far away from you, unlike other places, um, so I've got, uh, unlike other clubs in America, does that make it easier for you guys to play games, like sanctioned USAFL games during the season before the national tournaments? Yeah, 100%. Um, and we... We've been trying the last couple of years to, to host games here too. So even if we don't have the turnout of guys, you know, for a weekend, we can bring in Des Moines, Minnesota, Chicago, and kind of play a mixed side game, or we can hop in with Des Moines. We can hop in with Chicago. Um, we usually are, able to get, as long as you're able to commit to the weekend, you can get, you can get games in. Um, getting games in at quote unquote, as the Wombats usually a little bit more effort. Um, I think I mentioned either before or on this that I, we go out to the Des Moines tournament every year. So we play as the Wombats for that. Um, we have a game as a team in Madison every year at least. And then we try to do an away game, uh, usually at Des Moines. Um, and then however many guys end up making it to nationals. The only time we got a really good showing in nationals was in 2018 when it was in Racine, Wisconsin, which is about two hours away from us. Um, so it was nice. The guys could drive out and it's a, it's a, the nationals is a two day tournament. So we didn't even have to, to stay over. You didn't even have to pay for a hotel or anything. You could just you know, drive out the next day. It's always handy. Um, so the Wombats obviously not being too old and being quite a small club, obviously you're always constantly needing to be moving forward and not put to a stop like 
COVID has put you guys to a stop at the moment. How has that affected you guys with trying to grow the club and get people involved, you know, being so sort of young and so small? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's pretty much put it to a stop. Uh, we had a bunch of social events planned for this year, but we weren't even really it, – it, by the time everything shut down here, I think there was still snow on the ground, so we weren't even out kicking it all yet. Um, we have everything in place to, to get back going once, once they lift the bands on things. I mean, a couple of us are already kind of getting together, kicking the ball around a little bit, but you can't, you know, you can't state, state that you're having, you know, 10, 15 guys get together to kick around and it's, it's still like, they're definitely encouraging people to, to stay home still and everything like that. Um, but once, once we get going, we have, we have a lot of things lined up. Um, we actually have been talking with, uh, this this international pub in town they, they're really into obscure sports around the world they do a lot of a lot of soccer mostly but they, they always have on like rugby and stuff like that and we've been in talks with them to to host a few social events there um, definitely host the teams when they come to madison to visit us and then we'll pr- we usually have a uh, a grand final party as well so um, that should be a good good incentive to keep people motivated and keep people coming out and probably get new people as well so you'll notice rifty how for the last probably excuse me eight or nine episodes i've left out that grand final question have you noticed that the reason behind that is because every club that we were speaking to made my grand final party look fucking miserable and shit so i didn't want to keep getting uh made to feel worse than what i already was (laughs) fair enough well i'm gonna go off a little off script a little bit um this is concerning you are in in madison which is closer to Milwaukee than it is Green Bay. So are you a Green Bay fan or are you a Milwaukee or what, what sort of, where do your, your ties well, lie in, in your sporting teams? Fortunately with Wisconsin, there's, there's only, uh, there's only one professional team in each sport and we don't even have a hockey team. So uh, baseball and basketball are in Milwaukee. Uh, so obviously fans of them. And then the only football team is in Green Bay. So it's pretty uh-huh. easy to fit in there. Um, anything college is definitely Madison though. That's where I went. Yeah. So we've got to ask, what's it like being in Wisconsin when Green Bay is up and about and Aaron Rodgers is bloody throwing Hail Mary passes to win games and things like that. What's it like? It's unreal. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's unreal and great. And then it's heartbreaking when they lose in in like the semifinals every year. Yeah. Um, (laughs) There's Brian caught that ball though. I'll just will say that that was a catch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan, so uh, I've spent many a times uh, watching with, you know, like we said, our captain uh, who's a Green Bay fan, and just getting my heart broken as Aaron Rodgers again beats us in the final minutes of a game or things like that. So, but Rifty, so uh, we have a tournament at our footy club about. 10 blokes involved called the Cobra Madden Bowl. So we get eight or nine, eight to 10 blokes in this beautiful man cave here, couple of TVs oh, yeah. set up on Xbox and PlayStation, have a full on Madden tournament. And uh, Rifty being Dallas did beat uh, Captain Dicko, who's a Green Bay fan in the final last year. And he's constantly reminded of it. And I think we pretty much had our third one lined up. And then the day before, I think I know the week before we went to take part was when the government locked everything down and, Rifty's uh, missus is already trying to work out when the next one's happening so she doesn't have to put up with seeing the trophy anymore. <laughs> well, he's got to go 
go in and win this year and uh, get the trophy back for sure. That's what I said. I'm going back to back, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it's, but, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Des Bryant's catch. I think it's funny that um, the difference between the, the catch rules in the NFL, where you basically have to go to the ground, give, get up, give it to the referee, and, and make sure it's secured the whole time, and then you get up in the AFL. As long as you touch it for half a second, they're like, "Yep, catch done." He w- he would have caught it if he didn't. You know? yeah. <laughs> that was a part of the game for me that I was like, I was really confused about. Like, um, a guy would, I, I, I started playing fullback when I started um, at the club, and a guy would go up and, and take a mark, and I'd come out and punch it from behind. But he had already, they had already blown the whistle and said that he had caught the ball. And I was like, what? what is like, I just punched it out of his hands. How is that even fair? But I mean, I've, I've kind of learned to, learn to get around the rules for sure. You played good on Rifty. How was, did you find it? Like the rules and everything, difficult to go between. I I played gridiron as a junior before I played Aussie rules, um, and I played defensive back, so I didn't really have to worry about catch. I just hit people and stop them catching a the ball. So it's now been a skill that I've been able to transfer to Aussie rules, and I just hit people and make sure they don't get away. Um, you played American in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So we have an actual gridiron league. American football, there's actually a team that plays out of Monash University. They've actually got two teams. Oh, yeah, Have you we watched? Yeah, yeah. So Monash Warriors, uh, their most successful team. Shout out to Sunday. Uh, my mate who plays for them still, uh, they just lost the grand final last year, unfortunately. But yeah, we have a yeah decent league. It's actually um, built up a fair bit over the last few years since, since I've, you know, haven't been involved in it and there's quite a few more teams and they actually get a couple guys from yeah there was a guy who was a quarterback for the winning team last year who's a, an american guy that sort of traveled around a bit and played he'd been to france as well hadn't he that yeah we yeah so he did he'd been been around a bit and yeah it's and not, it's, not not quite uh the uh, nfl standard but yeah yeah again <laughs> it's comparing you know it's like comparing the AFL to 10 of us kicking around at the rugby field. You know? <laughs> well, we went, we went down to watch the final because where the final was held is a stone's throw from my house. And yeah. I'd never gone and seen um, gridiron played in Australia. And like, yes, there was a difference, but it wasn't to the point where you were sitting there going, well, this is shit. Like it was still actually quite enjoyable and the skill level for what they were doing was still, as long as your expectations weren't NFL or college level, yeah. Yeah. it was actually quite enjoyable to watch. So... But you mentioned that you were a fullback. Is that still your position or have you moved around now? Oh, no. I mean, I moved all over the place. Um, I was playing fullback mostly with Chicago. So they kind of had their skill players up front. They had big, tall guys who could rock and everything. And I just kind of – I when I started playing, I was a lot less fit than I am now. And um, so I, I kind of wanted to play at one end or the other of the field. And I, I generally – I drifted towards fullback because you could just basically mark one man and just had to get physical and make sure he didn't catch the ball. And I, I really enjoyed that and ended up being pretty decent at it, I'd say. Um, but then playing for us, I think I'm the only guy over six foot tall, so I have to play ruck <laughs> and things like that. Um, and generally play um, either ruck or like center half forward or center half back for us. Um, kind of just depends on who shows up on the day. Um, we have a couple of guys that can can really slot goals, so it's it's nice to be able to just send it down to them and let them take care of it. Yeah, that is nice, isn't it, Rifty? It's always nice to have <laughs> a decent forward. Um, Thanks, Mark. <laughs> we we missed our forward for a while last year. But, you um, did, mate, and it, it showed. 
you have to take a break or? Uh, ruptured my Achilles in round two. So I'd done probably my, I wouldn't say my biggest pre-season, but majority of the pre-season for the first time in my life. And then got through to, yeah, halfway through the third quarter in round two, there was my season done and dusted. Yikes. Yeah, but uh, the other boys did all right. So uh, you can't, you know, if I'm being honest, they did a, a good job keeping our forward line alive while you were in your absence. And it was the curse of the bear trap that got him. So. Yeah, damn bear trap. Yeah. Um, but what has been your biggest highlight in playing footy? Because I would definitely say winning our game um, last year as a club, you know, just showing up and, and actually getting it done. We always, you know, in training, we like we have days where we put it together and, and everybody's just hitting and, and everything's going right. We're not fumbling kicks or anything like that. And then you show up to game and just obviously mistakes happen and, and things like that. But I think getting a solid four quarters in and just doing everything right pretty much. Mm-hmm. So is that your, your, your cover photo on your Facebook with the scoreboard yeah. there? That's the one? Yeah. So it wasn't just a win. It was a, a thumping. You smashed the team. Yeah, it was. And I I, I feel a bit like it's – I, I wish we had almost taken a picture just as, as a club, but it's it's kind of a good – it's a good showing for, for sure. I mean, we're our, if you if you put our record right next to that scoreboard, it would be a little less impressive. <laughs> Nah, it's all right. You got to celebrate the the win, the big wins when they happen. That's for sure. You yeah. got to make sure you do that. But um, who do you follow in the AFL? Have you adopted an AFL team while you're over? Or? Yeah, you're gonna hate me. It's uh, Collingwood. Oh, that's that's a real. <laughs> it was uh, so I was studying in Melbourne, and I I knew I had to pick a Melbourne team, but that only narrows it down to half the teams. Um, and everybody was telling me, go for Essendon, go for North Melbourne, go for Western Bulldogs, go for St. Kilda, you know. Like, everybody's telling me these teams, but nobody said Collingwood. And so I just kind of, like, I looked them up. I, I, I knew that they had sort of, like, a working-class background. I had been up to Collingwood a couple of times to, to go to bars and stuff like that, and I really liked the neighborhood. And I, I really liked that the team encourages, like, feral fan behavior. It's kind of like the Raiders of the NFL. So I just – I kind of adopted them as my own and embraced the hate for sure. Yeah, that's fair enough. They are ferals, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got all my yeah. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, got I love how it's like – that's the second person I've spoken to overseas that goes to Collingwood that yeah. knows about the teeth joke. It's oh, because that says it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's great because it's also great that they know that overseas we still hate Collingwood as, as much as we do and that they are a hated team so it's good to know that it's getting around the world how much we all hate Collingwood <laughs> because he's an Essendon supporter I'm a Carlton supporter so the only thing we can mutually agree on is our hatred for Collingwood so. Carlton only has the one loss this year so that's pretty good yeah, yeah. Essendon's undefeated <laughs> <laughs> I was skiing with a, a Carlton fan in uh, Japan, actually. Uh, it was pretty fun. But he's a, he definitely has that beaten down attitude. It's almost like a Browns fan in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, well, I like to, you know, being a Cowboys and a Carlton fan, you know, we were, we were great in the 90s and we've just sort of gone down since. But uh, hopefully we're on the way back up. But, I think being know. a Cowboys fan is a lot like being a Collingwood fan. No, no, don't, don't say that. <laughs> um, but what's, what's been the funniest thing being involved in the Wombats that you've seen? Like, is it 
some that at the nationals or just at their club in general? What's been the funniest moment? I mean, it's 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 funny every time we get together. It's it's great. That's what I really love about this team. It's not just you know, it's not just the sport. It's the people too. Um, the thing that always comes to mind when people ask me about this was our first trip that we took out to Des Moines. So it would have been five of us driving out there, all packed into one car. Um, it was I never played a game of footy in my life before. Um, so our friend Pony was telling stories about some of his travels in the USAFL, like he had gone down to, I don't know how much, <laughs> I actually don't know how much of this I should be saying. He went down to Dallas and got into some, uh, some extracurricular activities. And uh, at, at the end of the night, this, this girl had showed up and, and was uh, talking to him, like asking what he was doing tomorrow or something like that. And he just kind of answered with some non sequitur. And she was, uh, she was saying, do you even know who I am? And he goes, oh, no. And she, she goes, I'm Misty May. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, it's, it's popular here for some reason, but she's a, uh, an Olympic beach volleyball player. Uh, it's pretty famous. Like they were winning, the Americans were winning, I think they won three golds in a row, her, her and her partner. Um, and so <laughs> obviously that was the climax of the story that he met Misty May at this debaucherous house party in Dallas. And but as he said, Misty May, one of the guys from the backseat pipes up and goes, oh, the porn star. Like, with, like, <laughs> the utmost confidence. He's like, yeah, I know Misty May for sure. Like that. I'm a huge fan. You got to meet her. That's incredible. It does um, sound like a porn name. And I thought that's where the yeah. story was going, to be honest. Oh, we looked it up. I mean, there, there is a porn star, Misty May. Yeah. But, <laughs> and we were like, no, not, not the no. porn star. The uh, uh, so that was, he, just, he just went fill time. Me. Just fill time. I want to say what this Misty May looks like. Uh, no, that's, that's so you've mentioned this uh, pony, uh, which yeah. is a pr pretty good nickname. I, I, uh, we enjoy good nicknames over here. How did he, have you always known him as pony? How did he get this nickname pony? I've always known him as pony. He, um, he got it playing footy, but he got it because he has, um, he has a couple of questionable tattoos, but one of them is he has stay gold written across his toes. Ah, um, pony boy. Yeah, yeah. So it's, the outside it's, is good. I love it. Yeah, I've just looked up, and yeah, I can't actually see how that is so so quick to know who that person, that porn star is. <laughs> it's kind of an obscure porn star for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking it might have been. Oh, like, I thought you, know, you were going to look up the volleyballer, not the porn star. Jeez, you animal. <laughs> <laughs> Some could argue that the same thing at times. At times. Yeah, I mean, beach volleyball is pretty. Uh, yeah. Or nothing for kind of for no reason. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, where are we up to? Oh, um, oh, we're gonna play. Throw some players under yeah, the bus. Yeah, it's time yeah. to throw some players under the bus, and I'm I'm hoping you can have some pretty good answers. It's gonna be hard to top that pony story, but Ed Dog's gonna give you a couple. I'll give you a couple, and so yeah, just it's time to time to throw these teammates under the bus. So, which of the following is? Uh, so the first one is, who at the Wombats would you consider to be the ladies' man or thinks they're the ladies' man? Oh, I mean, a lot of us are kind of wifed up, up now, unfortunately. Um, but definitely any Australian on our team that comes in. I mean, it's having that accent in the U.S. is almost – it's unfair, for sure. I mean, like, <laughs> girls that hear it from across the bar and just fly. Oh, my God, there's Australians here. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
That's actually, been a pretty universal answer too around uh, yeah. the Aussies uh, are usually the ones that fancy themselves as a ladies' man. I had my buddy from Adelaide and I, when we were single, uh, I actually tried to use the Australian accent too. Um, <laughs> pretty good. Uh, it worked in a loud bar for sure. <laughs> give us, give us a taste of your accent, your Aussie accent. Oh, how you going? <laughs> Not, bad. Not bad. Not bad. We we see we don't think we don't think we sound like that, but it's a good uh you know. Yeah, I can't do it. Like I have, it always comes out sounding like Crocodile Dundee. Like it's just way over the top. Like if you actually want to do a good one, you have to do it subtly, but. It's quite funny how like you listen to a podcast or watch a TV show, like an American TV show, and when the Americans are talking, they sound just normal. But then as soon as an Australian jumps on it, like you can just hear the difference in them yeah. talking. Um, anyway, so who at the Wombats is the class clown or the joker? Uh, my partner, Caitlin. Uh, she goes by Bones on our team. But yeah, she's freaking hilarious. Um, and probably Ross as well. Um, He's, he's always showing up like, uh, I think he wears a headband pretty much every time he plays, probably for the fact that it's just hilarious. Um, always cracking a beer at training and things like that and just cracking jokes. He's, he's the best. And she's obviously the best. <laughs> All right. So who's, who's the biggest party animal? Ooh, I'd say it was me at some point, but I think I'm slowing down now. Um, we got a guy on our team who's uh, 37, I think, Carl. He's still kicking it with the best of them. Uh, he, he gets around it. Um, yeah, kind of parties his ass off. Nice. Uh, and so who's the person that just takes the game far too seriously for an amateur sport? Uh, none of us really take it that seriously. Um, I'd, say, I'd say maybe me. I kind of lead by uh, just yelling a lot. Um, I tend to get fired up. Um, so maybe that comes across as taking it too seriously, but it's really just to get my point across and, and get it across loud. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I don't see an issue with that. Um, and who at the Wombats would be the mum and the dad of the club? So if they were to leave the club, you, know, you guys would be lost without them there. Um, I, think, I think our mom just left. Uh, Nafla. She was one of the, the people that started the club, and she just recently moved to Des Moines for a man, which I guess is acceptable. But uh, we we really we really miss having her around. Um, but we have plenty of people willing to to step in and fill that role. Oh, that's awesome. It's good to hear. Uh, you know, you're not one of the you know first clubs to have such a female presence at a football club, which is. To be honest, it's a bit uncommon uh, in Australia to have, uh, you know, female presidents and things like that. So it's uh, it's great to hear that, uh, you know, guys and girls alike are getting involved and enjoying uh, Aussie rules over there. Well, they would have also heard in the episode last night, um, Hawaii is their head coach is a female. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had, so we had Nafla as our, as our um, she wasn't president, quote unquote, but she was the de facto leader and our coach and everything like that. And then, has recently, my my girlfriend was uh, elected president this year, so we've kind of had a female leader the whole time. Yeah, very nice. So I'm going to again go off script a little bit. So two of the the docos that have been the theme of our um, our isolation over here. One's been the Tiger King, 
it's been pretty big with us. And the next one's now now become the last dance with Michael Jordan. Uh, you're not too far from Chicago. Um, you're probably pretty young back when uh, Chicago was dominating and stuff. But can you give us any insight to what Chicago would have been like back in those days? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't really follow basketball too much. I think there, there's so much uh, there's so much in life to get around. It just hasn't really. Um, so I'll watch it when it's on, but I, I don't have any, I don't have any insight on that. Unfortunately. Um, I know he was just, he was kind of the King all around the world. Like he would go everywhere and everybody knew him as the greatest and everything like that. Um, but we're pretty, I mean, culturally we're distantly, we're not, we're only two hours away from Chicago, but, uh, it doesn't really carry over as much. What I want to know is, um, you've mentioned that you guys are a fairly heavy, um, college town, a lot of, Whatnot, and you obviously you said you went to college there. On game day for your sports, what is Madison like when there's a big game on at the school? Oh, college? it's the best. It's the best. So our campus is actually um, so Madison itself is situated on an isthmus between two lakes. So everything is just and the downtown is just scrunched in, and there's there's literally no more space to go. It's kind of you know it's got it's grown really big on the suburbs, but everything that happens happens downtown, and so. Um, Football is the biggest sport for sure. Um, and so there's seven or eight home games every year. And when that happens, everybody comes in to, to party for the game. But a lot of teams, you'll see the typical like tailgate parties happening where everybody shows up in the parking lot and things like that. But this stadium is so integrated in downtown that it's just, there's no space for that. So it's just houses and, you know, campus buildings and things like that right up on the stadium. So everybody's just, it's house parties and everybody's in the street and it's actually a really cool atmosphere. I, I enjoy it a lot more than the traditional tailgate scene. Um, the whole, the whole city kind of just shuts down for that, those mornings and, and nights that the, the football team's playing. It's pretty great. That Band walks around and everything. And it's just a really cool atmosphere. Sounds pretty awesome. What's the big uh, rivalry? What's like, what's the big game when, uh, uh Pretty much anybody in the conference. The classic one is Minnesota, um, but Minnesota hasn't been really that good of late. They actually had their like their big win um, two years ago. They beat Wisconsin in a head-to-head for the first time in like 17 years or something. So like for them, it's the big rivalry, but we always kind of <laughs> see it as like we're going to win. Um, but Iowa, Ohio State, you know, other, other big 10 teams that come to town. It's, it's always great. Yeah. That's also awesome. something we, uh, like as fans of world games and stuff, uh, you know, we love, we get into the college game as well. And Oh yeah, we, for sure. We definitely envy the atmosphere at those games, having a band play and all those sorts of things. It's like you said, yeah, we get a hundred thousand at the G, but, um, to have that, that sort of, uh, you got one side on one side of the field, you got the other side on the other field side yeah. and having that sort of rivalry, we, it's something we, a lot of us over here just uh, envy and definitely would uh, enjoy getting over and, and seeing that in person one day. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean like the, the town, Madison, it's, it's only 250,000 people. So when a hundred thousand people show up for the game, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like the town fills up and, and everybody's going around it. It's like, it's the, it's the main focus of everything. You know, I imagine like there's still other things happening in, in the CBD when, when footy's on, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what's the, like the name for the college? Like Madison, is it Madison? Uh, 
University of Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. the yeah. Badger, yep. That's what I was trying to get to. So I don't exactly really have a college team. Like I used to sort of uh, be a bit of a fan of Ohio State, North Carolina, but hearing how small your town is and you know, the difference in the, you know, the house parties beforehand, I reckon I might just need to jump on the, uh, the Badgers oh, yeah. as my team yeah. now and have, actually have, have a reason to actually go for a certain team. You should, I mean, you got to come over and go to a game for sure. It's, it's voted as like the best college football town in America in a, in a couple of different publications. I don't know how they rank it or whatever, but you know, it's at least, it's at least good if it's voted as the best. Oh, yeah. I reckon I'll definitely need to get across there and uh, go to a game and come for a kick with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate uh, your time here today. Um, where can everyone else go to find out about the Wisconsin Wombats and follow along with you guys? Yeah, I should have, I should have actually written this down. We're just uh, Wisconsin Wombats on Facebook. Um, and I think it has links to our, um, our Instagram as well. And we have a website, but I think most of the communication with, you know, what's happening with the club and everything happens on Facebook. Um, I can, I can email you the, uh, the URL for our team but if you look up wisconsin wombats we're the only one so yeah no we'll, we'll definitely uh, share all those links and get it out to the people so they can follow along with the wombats and go check out their jumpers and their the video yeah. of your, your team song it's a cracker we'll definitely uh we might have to work that into the intro or something or oh, i'll be out it'll be out before that mate we're recording this on whatever day we're recording it so you'll probably have seen the video about two weeks earlier because i think Pretty much as soon as we get off this, I'm just going to put it up just for the hell of it. Cause I think it's that cool. <laughs> yeah, I think the song's awesome. I, I'm really proud of our, our rabbit that wrote it. So, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to get our resident musician, a, a guy that used to play for us, Scuzzy. Uh, we might have to get him on to rework in our song, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Get a, get a, a, a wombat feel to it. <laughs> <laughs> Add some pubs and beach vibes to it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate your time. It's been good to chat, and um, hopefully you get get a few games at the tail end of this year. Uh, yeah, as well. absolutely. Thanks for thank you so much for having me. It was really good talking to you guys. Yeah, um, thanks for joining us, mate. Because we are doing USAFL week. If you want to actually hear a bit more about the Wombats, go listen to the Outside Fifty podcast where his partner Caitlin O'Malley. O'Malley, yeah. O'Malley. Uh, she chats to the guys at Outside 50 about the Wisconsin Wombats and you know, sort of a bit yeah. more stuff similar to this, but a little bit different as well. But um, yeah, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, once we have said a couple of clubs, once we can get into our rooms, because at the moment council won't let us in, we're hopefully trying to organise a time to go collect stuff out of there. We'll um, grab a you know, polo shirt or a hat or something like that and send it across your way for a bit of a thank you and a, oh, you know, something great. cool for you guys to share on your socials and something you can say that club in Australia yes, looked after you. If you got one of those cool Hulk cover hats that the other Ricky's got on, that'd be great. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, like, I like the good, we're all rocking the flat bill right now. It's a, it's a good look. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get you one of those for sure. Speaking of that, Rifty, I need another one, mate. And if you, uh, anyone does want one, they can head across to uh, the, the website. The, was it sandancobrasfnc.com.au? Is that on there or is it somewhere else? Yeah, it's on there. Yeah, it's on there. And, yeah, Joe yeah, Bobby. Go to the shop link and yeah. Yeah. go buy yourself one. But yeah, we'll send you one across, mate. So you don't need to do that. But yeah, if anyone else wants to get one, head across to that to that link. Nice. Thanks again for your time, and uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks again for joining us for that episode of the Cobra Cast. Uh, this has been another episode in the US AFL week we're doing. 
Um, make sure you go check out their social media and follow along their journey as well as all the other teams we've got coming up. Uh, but where can everyone else go to find out about our stuff, Eto? Well, for our stuff, mate, they can go to Facebook and at Sandown Cobras FNC or search Sandown Cobras Football Netball Club. They can hit up our Instagram at Sandown Cobras FNC or hit up our, uh, our Twitter at Sandown Cobras. There is another page on there that is at Sandown Cobras FC. Ignore that page. That's no longer working. Twitter won't delete it. Um, but, mate, or you can, head, sorry, you can head to our website, www.sandowncobrasfnc.com.au. Or if you want to know more about USAFL, you can head to www.usafl.com. You can search United States Australian Football League on Facebook and Twitter. There's also uh, the, US, what is it, sorry, the US Footy News. They are a Facebook page and they do a podcast called Outside 50, which is hosted by, or the co-host is one of the people that we spoke to from Denver a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you go listen to that if you want to know a bit more about US Footy. Lovely. And don't forget to check us out on iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you want to listen uh, on your drive home or drive to work. Um, what, a better, what, what a way to start your Monday morning, mate. Me and your oh, like, mate, soothing. I don't, couldn't think of anything better, to be honest. Or what you could do is you could do what I do and put it on as you go to sleep so that way your partner's falling asleep to the smooth tones of Rick Rifty and Dog. Yeah, definitely. That's um, well. She might not want to go to sleep once she starts hearing those. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's a fair point, mate. We're uh, we're not cutting that. We're leaving that in. <laughs> Should be up all night. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info and we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP. Now playing podcast Cobra Cast with the present VP.